Today on Real Life with Pastor Jonas Hill. Somehow, Jonas, even before I really got into a deep dive on apologetics, now, you know, 30 years of study, my own, I give God the glory. I've written 19 books and done research in libraries literally around the world. Everything I've studied has affirmed that decision I made at 21. But even before I was into apologetics, somehow I just really had a desire to read the Bible. And Mm -hmm. I've got to say for Christians everywhere, the dynamic Christian life, the fruitful, thriving Christian life must begin with your relationship to the Scripture. Because Mm -hmm. if you're going to be a child of God, and you're going to grow in the Son of God, you have to be into the Word of God. It's time now for Real Life with Pastor Jonas Hill. You've got to get real to be real. Here now is your host, Pastor Jonas Hill. Hello, this is Pastor Jonas Hill. Welcome to Real Life, where you've got to get real to be real. We have an exciting show for you today. Joining me on the show is speaker, author, and advocate for Christian apologetics, Alex McFarland. Alex, welcome to the show. Oh, Pastor Jonas, thank you so much, man. This is really an honor to be on with you, and I I really appreciate your time. Uh, I've got a lot, a lot on my mind. We're so very excited to have you on the show today, and we're looking forward to just tapping into that wealth of knowledge that you have. So I think the best way to go from here is I'd love to ask you just a few questions to kind of get the ball rolling. For those listeners out there, what exactly is apologetics and what is its purpose in the life of a believer? Wow, great question, great question. And um, I want to dive into that, but before we drill down into that too much, let me just say how much I appreciate you. Your your website is so good, brother. I was on your website praying about this interview and everything, and uh, I'm just so excited about what God is doing through you and through your ministries. And uh, I like what you said. You got to you know get real to be real, and you're helping millions of people do that. And uh, brother. I just, through uh, the long distance, we're separated by hundreds of miles, but man, I'm I'm applauding you every step of the way, my friend. Uh, God is using you in a mighty, mighty way, and I would encourage people to check out all that you're doing, Jonas. Oh, well, I praise the Lord for that. I, I'm just his Amen. humble servant. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's true. Uh, you know, to your question, apologetics, let me say what it is not. It is not apologizing. It's not like saying, oh, you know, I'm sorry I'm a Christian. Please like me anyway. But right, no, right. it's it's a Bible word, and the Greek word for it is found in the New Testament about half a dozen times, but it really means to defend what you believe. Like mm. apologetics is when we explain and defend the claims of Christianity, like mm-hmm. the, the Bible is the Word of God. Uh, Jesus is the Son of God who rose from the dead. And so a lot of people don't realize this, and I think it's very compelling when they do come to know this, but there are really compelling 
compelling lines of evidence that mm-hmm. that prove Christianity, that historically, uh, archaeology, fulfilled prophecy, logic, e- even science and mathematics prove right. that God exists, God has revealed himself to the human race, Jesus Christ came from heaven, on the cross, he paid for our sins, and by putting our faith in Jesus, our sins are forgiven, but we're born again, we're made alive by our personal relationship with Jesus. And then, you know, the wonderful thing, I mean, to be to be saved, the Bible uses several words, converted, born again, regenerated, but it's not just that we go to heaven someday, years from now after we die. When you're a Christian, as you well know, Jonas, the Spirit of the Lord indwells your life. The, the right. Spirit of the Lord empowers your life. Yes, uh, God gives you wisdom. God begins to use you. And for the born-again believer, every day we're living in the supernatural. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's a blessing years from now when we die, we go to be with Christ in heaven. But every single day for a Christian is really an adventure. And apologetics yeah. is rising to the challenge of First Peter 3.15, which says that we, the believer, we are to be ready always to mm-hmm. give an answer. Why do we believe what we believe? And we've seen it in, quite literally, Jonas, thousands of locations, American universities, in front of atheists, in cities, government meetings. I mean, by God's grace, I've been so privileged to preach or teach or debate or sit on a panel discussion at medical schools, hospitals, mm. high schools, mm-hmm. universities, churches. And when you lay out the, the claims of Christianity that the Son of God loves you and he gave his life, and your life can be radically rebuilt and restored through Jesus. And here's the evidence that proves it. I have found people by the tens of thousands will respond and just enthusiastically say, yes, this is real. And I'm just so excited that we've got a message, don't we? I mean, in this crazy, (laughs) crazy upside down world and people are hungry, people are searching. We've got a message and that message is Jesus. Amen. Amen. And I think one thing that's so, so very imperative, if you will, is a Christian through apologetics, we don't have to be afraid to think, right? We can embrace the science. We can embrace the math. We can embrace even the history because it all supports what God is doing. Absolutely. I mean, really, you said it. I can't improve on what you said. It really all does. I'm going to say this. All of the things that we know from history, from, Mm. from science, these things are best understood in terms of God existing and God being knowable through Jesus. There's nothing that has refuted any part of the Bible. In fact, all of the discoveries have really only corroborated and affirmed the Bible, never undermined it. Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. God is so awesome at doing that. So, Alex, I believe that every effective ministry begins because of a specific need or a deficit that's been identified in society. Uh, Won't you tell our listening audience about the need that you felt in your heart that caused you to begin this magnificent life-changing ministry that you've started? 
Wow. Well, great question. You know, Jonas, I'm kind of like the last guy you ever would think would be a pastor or speaker. In fact, when I was a senior in high school, man, I was like really, really shy. And I was in this English class and uh, 30% of the grade was to get up and to write a 15-page speech and then get up and give a speech. Now, mm. writing a 15-page paper was no problem, but I, I bargained with my teacher. I was like, oh, please, I don't want to give a speech. I, I can't get up there and everybody's <laughs> staring at me. You were um, negotiating. <laughs> yeah. I went to summer school, uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, Guilford County. I went to summer school for six weeks so that I could pass English and graduate rather than get up and give a speech. Oh, wow. And seriously. Now, when I was 21, I found a relationship with Jesus Christ. I was in college when I became a Christian. But like people who knew me like back in the day, they're like, Alex McFarland, what in the world happened to you? You were this very socially backward, very shy introvert. And uh, you went to summer school rather than give a speech in your English class. And now for 25 years, five nights a week, you're in front of audiences, unscripted, open mic Q&A speaking. What in the world happened to you? I'm like, Jesus happened to me. Uh-huh. You know, I was at college and I was a brand new believer. I began to realize that probably like none of my friends knew the Lord. And I was very concerned because, listen, I had one friend that died on a motorcycle. He was drunk. He wrecked his motorcycle and died. Had another guy. He was high on LSD, drove his car into a lake, drowned. I know these guys were unsaved. And I was just very concerned. So I began to try to witness to my friends about the Lord. You know, they had all these questions, Jonas. They were like, well, come on, Alex, how do you know God exists? I mean, he's invisible. You can't see him. How do you really know God is real? How do you know Jesus ever existed? I mean, what about evolution and Charles Darwin? And so I went to this Christian bookstore. I'd never been, you know, out to buy a Christian book. And just in the sovereignty of God, I bought two books by some strange person named Josh McDowell. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Little did I know that the direction of my life was about to change. So I'll never forget, man. I just got to give God the glory. I was going to college. I was working a job. So I buy these books, but I had to go to class. I finally get home, and it's like 8.30 at night, and I begin to open up these books. Now, I had only been a Christian, you know, a a few days, really. Hmm. Well, I start reading Evidence That Demands a Verdict More Than a Carpenter about the historical evidence, eyewitness testimony, And of course, there's the New Testament, but there are Jewish, Greek, and Roman sources that reference the things we know about Jesus, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Finally, at about quarter of 5 a.m., I put the books down. I've got to grab an hour of sleep before I get up and go to class. I became obsessed with apologetics, and shortly after buying the Josh McDowell books— I discovered names like C.S. Lewis and Chuck Colson and Norm Geisler and G.K. Chesterton. And this was the late 80s. I will tell you now, and many of your listeners may know this, but probably the fastest growing segment of Christian publishing today is biblical worldview and apologetics. 
And mm. what what's so wild is 30 years after I kind of found the party, my goodness, <laughs> there's so much more evidence. Along comes names like Lee Strobel. And let me just, you know, I could name like Jay Warner Wallace, former cold case homicide detective from Los Angeles. He was an atheist up until his 50s. Wow. And he was just to silence some of his buddies that were Christians. Jim Wallace, he's a friend. He was going to look into Christianity and, you know, refute Christianity to get these Christians to shut up. Well, this is a guy that could crack the cases that were unsolvable. And Jay Warner Wallace says, oh, my goodness, this is real. Lee Strobel got a law degree from Yale University. Um, mm -hmm. He worked for the Chicago Tribune. He was one of America's most decorated journalists. He was an atheist. Well, Lee Strobel was a man renowned for detail. A law degree from Yale. Wow. My point is Strobel is no dummy. And right. he was an atheist. So right. he decided he was going to write a story around Easter time to, you know, show that, you know, Christians doggedly believe in this Jesus, even though we know it's really, really false. Strobel said about two years of investigation, and he pushed back from the table. He was in a library, and he said, this is real. This wow. is real. He said, if this was any court case, I would have to adjudicate that there was a man named Jesus claimed to be the Messiah, fulfilled all the prophecies, did the signs, wow. was crucified at Passover, rose again, seen Amen. by 500 eyewitnesses. And my point is, regarding apologetics, I mean, I don't know if everybody would know all these names, but uh, William Lane Craig, J.P. Moreland, Dr. Sean McDowell, I could go on and on. The late, great genius, Norm Geisler, Gary Habermas, Ph.D., Michigan mm -hmm. State, the world expert on ancient evidence for the life of Christ, scientists like uh, Stephen Meyer, William Dembski, Ph.D. in geology from Oxford, Terry Mortensen. These are all Ph.D.s who, who would say, yes, I've investigated in my field of academics and everything— mm -hmm affirms Christianity, but personally, they are believers in the Lord Jesus. Jonas, what I'm saying is, to anybody listening, and they've ever wondered, is this really worth putting my trust into? Yes. A thousand right. times yes. Amen. It, it's real, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's so, so very real. And, you know, what you really caught my attention um, with how you described how it all began as far as your hunger and your passion. And I believe God creates that hunger and that passion in our lives. So you talked about, you had a couple of friends die. Yeah. And I cannot express like whenever a person thinks about death, it lets us know there's really from a Christian perspective, there's a sense of urgency about the message that we carry. And there's a sense of urgency about the word that we get inside of us. So, that being said, how exactly do we allow God's word to affect us so that we can affect change in others? That is a great question, uh, brilliant question, um, because I do think that the scripture has to be real in our life. You know, Hebrews says this, and this is really kind of echoing Jeremiah, but Hebrews 11 says, 
the one who comes to God must believe that he is. In yes. other words, for one thing, you've got to believe that God exists and mm -hmm. that he is a rewarder of them that dil diligently seek him, right? Right. The other thing that I would say is that, um, and by the way, that was Hebrews 11, 6. If there's anything good in my life, and I mean, I give God the glory, but somehow, Jonas, even before I really got into a deep dive on apologetics, now, you know, 30 years of study, my own, I give God the glory. I've written 19 books and done research in libraries literally around the world. Everything I've studied has affirmed that decision I made at 21. But right. even before I was into apologetics, somehow I just really had a desire to read the Bible. And mm -hmm. I've got to say for Christians everywhere, the dynamic Christian life, the fruitful, thriving Christian life must begin with your relationship to the Scripture. Because mm -hmm. if you're going to be a child of God and you're going to grow in the Son of God, you have to be into the Word of God. You know, and so as right. a young believer, I just I read the Bible like a lot. <laughs> and one one of my favorites is like Psalm 119, verse 93. Psalm 119, 93 says, I will never forget your words, for through them I found life. Um, right. I came across James 1, verse 5. James 1, verse 5 said, If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives abundantly and does not withhold. And I remember mm. thinking, wow, I would like to be wise. I would yeah. say, Lord, if you say to ask you for wisdom and you will give abundantly and you don't withhold, well, then, Lord, give me some of that wisdom. I want that, you know. And I really think we have to appropriate yeah. the promises of God for ourselves. you know. Right. You know, Philippians 4.13, Paul, from a jail cell, wrote, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Well, Praise God, that very same Holy Spirit is in my life and in your life and every blue. We can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. When Matthew 6, verse 8 says, God knows what I need even before I ask. Amen. Well, all right. Praise God. <laughs> you know? So um, the, the power in the life of a believer, it really comes from our relationship with the Word, I would say. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. So as Christians, why is it so important for us to be able to defend our faith? And what measures can we take in order to start moving in that direction? Well, I think it's important to be able to defend our faith really for three reasons. One, because the Bible tells us to, you know, mm. to be in obedience to the Scripture, like Jude verse 3 says that we are to earnestly contend for the faith. In other words, we're, we're to be able to consistently, fruitfully stand up for what we believe. And Colossians 2.8 says, you know, beware and do not be deceived by the unbelief and the spirit of the times. And I mentioned 1 Peter 3.15 that um, it says, set apart Christ as Lord, be ready always. It's, it's not an option. So number one, we, we need to be in obedience to the Scripture, which tells us to 
you know, study to show yourself approved. Second thing is because of the the state of our world today, I mean, Jonas, as you know, I mean, dozens of beliefs compete for the hearts and minds of people. And then thirdly, because of the people all around us, I want to give Mm -hmm. a quote by C.S. Lewis. And um, this was during World War II, and C.S. Lewis was a, he was really early to the game. You know, he was doing apologetics before most of us were born. But C.S. Lewis said that a defense of the faith must exist because the objections must be answered. And he said to not study and not to, you know, present, explain, defend. He said this would be to, quote, betray our less educated brethren around us who have no defense against the intellectual attacks of the heathen, but us. He said the learned life is then for some a duty. Mm. Now, that's a that's a mouthful, I know, but we've got to do apologetics because the Bible tells us to, because the world is so imploding right now, but because there right. are people around us that are lost. I'll, I'll put it like this. I love the ocean, by the way, and I uh, love to go to the ocean, love the beach. Yeah. But I live 200 miles from the beach. So if I'm going to step in the water, I got to get in the car and go down to the edge of the water. Now, stepping into the water, that's like faith. There are some people, and they just they don't have one problem in the world about believing. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes. Do you believe Jesus loves you? Yes. Are you willing to put your faith in Jesus? Yes. Imagine that's like somebody who is fortunate enough to be born at the edge of the water. They don't Mm -hmm. have far to go. But then there's somebody like me who's 200 miles inland, and I got to drive down for four hours. Then we still have to step into the water. Well, apologetics is like the vehicle that takes somebody to the water's edge. They, They still have to choose to step into the water. But we're putting them in a position where they can take the step and believe. Well, I hate to interrupt here, but that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to listen to the next episode as I'm going to continue my conversation with speaker and author Alex McFarland. You can find out more about Alex by going to alex at alexmcfarland.com. He has all kinds of valuable resources to help you defend your faith. Once again, go to alex at alexmcfarland.com for more information. Thanks again for joining me on the show today. I look forward to seeing you next time. Remember, you have to get real to be real. You've been listening to Real Life with Pastor Jonas Hill. To find out how you can book Jonas for your next speaking engagement, go to meetjonashill.com. Whether it's your next church function, corporate event, or business retreat, Jonas will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience. Go to meetjonashill.com to book him today. As a reminder, this show can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. If you're streaming on Apple Podcasts, we'd appreciate it if you could rate us and give us a review. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time for another edition of Real Life with Pastor Jonas Hill. This program is a ministry of Pastor Jonas Hill.
probably know by now, Jonas is no stranger to adversity, especially not in the context of marriage. Jonas and his beautiful wife, Susan, have been married for nearly 30 years, during which time they have faced numerous challenges. From having an interracial marriage in a predominantly white community, to financial hardship, mental health struggles, and early on in their dating relationship, an unplanned pregnancy outside of wedlock, the two have overcome tremendously. Over the years, Jonas and Susan have grown through their trials by centering their lives on the foundational truth of the gospel and by placing their hope in Jesus Christ. With a few decades and a lot of healing on their side, Jonas and Susan have cultivated a deep desire to help other couples overcome their own challenges by offering marriage seminars. If your marriage is on the rocks or maybe needs an infusion of hope or a healing perspective, these seminars were made with you in mind. Take a step to invest in your marriage today by visiting meetjonashill.com. Again, that's meetjonashill.com.